Welcome to Esker Live. I'm Matt, and I will be helping moderating today's live stream. We are streaming from Madison, Wisconsin, and as always, are looking for interaction from the audience. So feel free to tell us where you're watching from by dropping it in the comments below. Our presenters today are Mark Anderson, Business Development Manager, and Nick Volkman, Major Accounts Advocate here at Esker. Today's discussion will highlight the fact that it is customer service week with the topic of connecting people, processes, and technology. Uh, so they will be discussing changes in customer expectations, navigating internal bottlenecks, and uh, technology's role in all of this. So finally, as a reminder, if you have any questions throughout the live stream, please drop them in the comments section wherever you're watching, and we will address any questions we get at the end. Uh, so, I mean, without further ado, Mark, Nick, take it away. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. And welcome, everybody. And thank you for attending today's Esker Live presentation in honor of Customer Service Week. My name is Nick Volkman, and I am a major accounts advocate at Esker. What is a major account advocate, you may ask? Well, I'm a part of our customer experience team where our goal is to provide a partnership with our customers, utilizing our Esker solution products and help them achieve not only the highest customer exp experience, but help in any way we can get the most out of the Esker technology to drive performance, which we know will then in turn trickle down to our customers' customers' experience. As we know, one of the primary goals of customer service is to keep customers happy and coming back, right? But how? Having the right people and technology in place is critical but no business can perform this function without the proper process in place. Today, my colleague, Mark Anderson, and I want to take some time to discuss these points and some of our takes on the subject. These include people, or change in customer attitudes and expectations, process, navigating internal challenges and bottlenecks, and finally, technology, and how this can streamline a, com a company's process that will keep customers happy, customers' teams happy, and keep them coming back for more. A few different statistics that we kind of found in terms of customer experience and with technology people process is around 17% of companies claim their digital experience is ahead of customer expectations. 37% of B2B customers are more likely to purchase from companies than lessen and incorporate service feedback. And three fourths of younger B2B, B2B customers are willing to pay a premium for a proactive and predictive customer support. So we think all these things kind of tie into what we're gonna, Mark and I are gonna talk a little bit about today on people, process, and technologies and our takes. So now with that being said, I wanna pass it off to Mark who will introduce himself and uh, we'll start our kind of our conversation today. Mark? All right, thanks, Nick. So again, my name is Mark Anderson. Um, I've been with Esker for about 11 years, um, focusing primarily on order management, which is uh, geared towards our customer service um, departments in our um, customer organizations. Um, and, you know, ideally, you know, my, my goal is to understand what your current process is and what your to be process is going to be. And sometimes it's a matter of utilizing a lot of what you have in place. But if you do have, you know, some not so great processes, our goal is not to automate a bad process. It's to um, do process improvement and optimization. Um, so that's kind of my background. So, you know, talking a little bit about, you know, people, the changing in customer attitudes and expectations, you know, I think number one, you, you know, you're probably experiencing this yourselves, 
but just shorter fuses, you know, uh, lesser tolerance from your customers. And, you know, it starts with they might be ordering more often, but with smaller quantities or values of their orders. Demand for instant feedback. So, you know, I, it's a way overused term, but it's a very, um, it's a very accurate term, you know, trying to hit that, that Amazon effect. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the first vendor uh, or supplier to confirm availability and expected delivery date wins. They might be placing, your customers might be placing multiple orders with, with multiple suppliers. If you can serve them faster and reply to them quicker, you win. Um, so again, it's always improving that, that customer experience. Um, and just dealing with restrictions across the board. Um, and then on top of that, from a customer service perspective, you've got customers that are, we call it the, the omni-channel. So you've got customers that want to order their way um, within their time frame and expect you to react to how they're ordering. So when we talk about omni-channel, we're, you know, we talk about evolving EDI. Um, EDI in a perfect world is a good solution. So we've got a standard, a standard output. It's machine to machine. It should be touchless. Unfortunately, um, the reality is in most organizations, that is not the case. There are a lot of touches when it comes to EDI. Um, and it's actually even more comp complex because it's intended for machine to machine. And now you've got a human that's trying to read a machine readable instead of a human readable. Um, and then there's also non-standard formats. So again, I'm, you know, this large organization, I'm submitting my EDI to you, my 850 or my 860 to place an order, but I've got non-standard segments that I expect your EDI to magically understand. And then vice versa, I want um, an 855, I want an 856, so the ASN or the order confirmation back. But again, I want it on, under my terms and my format versus what the standard is. And the same thing would go for an 810 invoice. Yeah, we can see that, Mark, from you know just the restrictions across the board. I mean, we're talking these different style formats with EDI alone on one, you know, from business to business and understanding you know, is it a homegrown system that's creating those EDI, you know, those EDI files, how to identify reference areas on that file to depict, this is the header, you know, this is where you're getting the detailed information off that EDI. I mean, those are all restrictions that uh, I know companies and customer service teams have to deal from business to business and really have to account for those to, at the end of the day, of course, make those customers happy so we can, they can at the end day process those orders. So, I uh, definitely see that across the board, you know, when we're talking customer experience and, you know, technology and automation things is how do we, how do we deal with that? How do we really hone in on those different EDI formats and, uh, and basically, you know, account for each one of those different situations that either they're non-standard or they are standard formats. Yeah. And I think the other challenge that comes into play is we're not just talking again, kind of that traditional EDI. They might want to either receive it or send it just in an EDI file, but they want to send it or receive it via email, mm -hmm. or they want to send it or receive it in a portal. So it's not your traditional EDI, it's expanding kind of the boundaries of those EDI expectations. 
And then, you know, on top of that, you've got customers that are utilizing um, their own portals. So the Aribas, the Koopas, the Tungstens of the world, and they're saying, hey, supplier or vendor, I want you to come into my portal and I want you to pull in my order document. And then I want you to update what's going on in my portal. And then I want you to return, again, maybe it's a, a PDF order confirmation or ASN, or maybe it's an EDI. And you know, right now without automation, some you've got a customer service rep that has to manually enter and access those customer portals. Um, and there's just a better way to do it. So Nick, what are you seeing out there with uh, with some of our customers? Well, and what we know is, you know, every customer service team, they want to do their job effectively. They want to do it well. They want to do it efficiently. They want to do it, you know, for their customers to make sure their experience is well and to be able to handle all these different EDI formats, to be able to work through these customer portals. I know working with some of my major accounts that I work with, um, you know, they have global they are across the board, so they have regions in India to China to all across the globe, basically, and to account for these from with thousands and thousands of customers from their side to understand and how they can handle the automation and of these EDI files or just having their own uh, customer portals in place um, really has been, you know, it, it seems to be a common trend that I hear a lot from my customers. And, you know, how can we increase automation? How can we increase efficiency? You know, how can Esker or an automation tool play into that to help with those particular cases? So, you know, as you talk about these, the customer portals and EDIs, it is no common thing. It's not an uncommon thing that we don't hear um, that we work with closely, you know, with a lot of our customers, um, especially if we're talking about Esker, but just in general as a whole within the customer service industry. Yep. And, you know, so there's, there's really two pieces to it. One is you, you know, as Nick alluded to, it's, you know, it's meeting customer, meeting and exceeding customer expectations, but then also not, not increasing significantly your cost to serve. Um, I was recently on uh, an evaluation or what we would call a discovery. And I had one of the global process owners on the call and she was just bewildered at the number of manual steps that one single customer for one single division was doing for one of their largest customers. And it was ultimately, so again, if, um, and we'll get into perfect order a little bit, but you know, if that perfect order isn't achieved, there's compliance charges. And just little, you know, I call it nickel and diming, but it's literally, it, it was $300 a piece. Um, and those added up to a big number at the end of the year. And they had a full-time person that was just working on deductions um, because it was a, it was a 100% manual process. And again, communicating with multiple portals. So um, those are kind of the trends that we're seeing on the, the people side and, and the challenges. So Nick, let's get in, let's get into some of those um internal challenges and, and bottlenecks. Yeah, definitely. And that's this is stuff that I, you know, as a working on the customer experience time side, so basically customer service and working with our Esker N customers who are in turn working with their customers to get invoices paid or get orders processed is this ever-changing world that we're living in of supply chain. So inventory limitations, the lack of visibility, um, those are some of the couple of those top topics that I hear all the time. And, you know, how can I, my customers that I work with, how their CSR teams can 
handle the ever-changing supply chain. So when we talk about inventory limitation, we obviously know that the supply chain is kind of, it's, it's all over the place right now. So just being able to know what product is available at the time of ordering, especially if we're talking about order management, I hear it, you know, all the time from customers like, you know, yeah, we get this order. Um, they want 10, 10 cases of this XYZ product, but at the end of the day, where's the visibility, you know, to, you know, streamline the process and understand what do I actually have instead of looking in, you know, a lot of the time they'll, they'll look in Esker or any automation tool, or just looking at an order in general, trying to put it in place, but they have to go through all these additional steps to understand, is it even available? Can I actually give them these 10 cases? Um, and so, you know, with the ever-changing world of automation and, um, you know, solutions, uh, increasing the visibility of these particular products to help account to streamline that process so they're not, you know, CSRs aren't tangling between three, four different areas in their ERP system trying to identify, yeah, this product is okay, this product is okay, this product is okay. Is okay. So, you know, we I work closely with them on what can be done to help improve the life of the CSRs. So they only have one solution or one tool that they can kind of focus in on automation to increase that visibility. So, I mean, I think those are two. When we're talking about internal challenges and bottlenecks, I think those are some of the two key players, especially at least in the day of age that we live in right now. Now, I don't know with you, Mark, when you're, you know, you're talking at the very beginning of that process, is this something that we're kind of, you got, you're kind of seeing or hearing um, from a customer service perspective? I can imagine it probably is. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the biggest things that we hear are there's lack of visibility, but then there's also touches, you know, as far as how often that purchase order, that customer order has to be touched, and then how many disparate systems need to be uh, accessed. So again, for this was one specific customer, they had their ERP, which was actually multiple ERPs as they're migrating everything to SAP. Um, they've got their CRM, which might be a Salesforce, it might be a sugar.com. Again, it might be something that's part of your ERP system. They had EDI. You've got the uh, the tried and true email which, you know, obviously a lot of orders come in via email. Um, email is a good channel to receive an order. It's not a great channel to manage the order, to archive the order. It's, it's not a records retention system, which a lot of people want to um, use it for. Um, so that leads to another system, an ECM, such as, a, such as a SharePoint, or again, you might have some kind of long-term archive within your ERP system. You've got your logistics portals that you need to access for updates and things like that. And then of course you got your manual spreadsheet. So, you know, right there, I think we've got a half dozen, seven different disparate systems. So again, when we talk about automation, a lot of times we think about that EDI process and we're like, okay, we want this order to flow through touchless or automatically. Um, but there's a lot of systems that come into play. So how can we provide more of a, dashboard, a cockpit, a single pane of glass. So the CSR doesn't have to access all those different systems, you know, being able to utilize either one system or just a few systems versus again, the six or seven that I just mentioned. I think that's um, a very good point, you know, as we talk about it and you brought up a good point, you know, companies that have multiple ERPs, you know, trying to work through, trying to process orders or invoices or whatever the case may be, and under and how we, how can we develop a process that better automates those multiple ERP instances 
to one or as best you can one or so instances to streamline the process of our of automation so it's definitely something that it's not uncommon of course as we all know and um and the tools and technology out there can help it do help streamline some of those things that you mentioned so i just thought that was a good point to bring up um because we know that those that are listening today and others that may listen in the in the future i mean we all have we, they, they do have multiple erps and it's important to note that Yep. And the other thing that I should mention is, <clears throat> you know, again, working with another another client of ours, they literally did not check pricing because pricing didn't change that often for them historically. <clears throat> well, we're going through a through a process or really they're going through a process change that we have to help enable within our tool. Um, <clears throat> but again, when you look at the, the macro changes out there, whether it's inflation, fuel prices, the pandemic, you know, most recently, you know, when you look down in Florida, you know, weather catastrophes, those all impact pricing. And now this same customer that historically changed pricing maybe once a year is changing pricing monthly. So they have to validate pricing before they create the order in the in the ERP. Otherwise they've got more back end issue when it when it comes to accounts receivable. So um so yeah, that's just another piece of the process that could be evolving or changing within your organization as well. All right, should we lead into technology, Nick? I think that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that Esker kind of prides itself on is um, the mantra of positive sum growth. So we talked a little bit about um, your customers' portals or being able to access that there's really no benefit in it for your employees. There's really no benefit for your organization other than retaining this customer. So you put up with it and you do it. That's a negative on your side. It's a positive on your client side <laughs> because it helps automate their process and it creates visibility and all, all those positive things for them, but there's no positive on your side. So when we talk about technology, a lot of times we wanna talk about positive sum growth so there's a benefit to the customer. There's a, there's a benefit to your employees. Um, there's a benefit on more or less on the AP side on, for your suppliers. And then obviously we have to look at the planet as well. You know, how can we eliminate some of the paper and some of the systems and, um, that are in place to reduce that carbon footprint? Um, so Nick, you wanna talk a little bit about you know, kind of arming teams with, with the right tools? Yeah, definitely, especially talking with technology. So user-friendly interface, you know, is something that we um, we always like to talk about. We want to have some type of technology tool that's easy to use. It's, it's not something complex. We want to make sure we streamline the process with these orders or invoices or whatever the case may be. So I, I, it's definitely arming your customer service team with the right technology that can accomplish these goals that's simplistic to use, but also gives them the right tools within that solution or tool that can accomplish those goals. Um, and then we talk about reporting and dashboards and with that particular web interface tool or solution. I mean, with the reporting and dashboards there alone will give you that visibility, ability to better manage, you know, processing times, turnaround times, uh, and those kind of, I think, intermingle with each other, you know, when we're talking about visibility and the ability to manage the inventory levels, delivery dates, can we meet expectations or SLAs, 
you know, within your company or the CSRs can. Um, and ultimately, you know, we want to make it as less a mundane task of going through line by line by line to try and process, um, you know, process these orders or these invoices, whereas we can more better automate with an easy to use tool uh, or technology, just check technology in general that will give the CSRs on your team the ability to do that in a stream, a seamless kind of fashion as best you can to account for like these ever-changing worlds. And then at the end of the day, you know, we get that positive sum growth where it's just an only a benefit um, for your company, for your team, um, and everybody else that is in within that process. Uh, so, you know, and tying into all that with a one tool, you know, or at least a one friendly web interface tool um, is just communication. You know, I think we hear, and I'm sure, Mark, you hear it quite a bit as well, as just, you know, being able to communicate with your customers, uh, especially when we are talking about supply chain issues or pricing, you know, how pricing changes with the ever-changing fuel prices or natural disasters or things like that. It's how can you communicate effectively to your customer um, to give them that clear visibility on where those orders or invoices, et cetera, are? They sit, have they been processed? Can they be met? Uh, or can they not be met? And what seems to be a more, uh, a better expected time of delivery or, you know, of when they can get paid on the invoice or what that case may be. Um, and then, yeah, you know, also just, just internal. To, yeah, yeah just, ahead, to, just to interject on that a little bit. And, it, and it's removing those communications from a silo. Yeah. So definitely. again, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a customer service rep and I have a question for a customer, I want to remove that from my email, my individual email, and that one-on-one -on -one communication between the customer and myself. And I want to be able to bring visibility to my teammates, my manager, the supply chain. So again, maybe I'm off the, in the afternoon, maybe I'm off tomorrow. So again, being able to, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to do that communication outside of your individual email, so everybody has visibility to that. <clears throat> pardon me, so they can react to it. And I think where, where Nick was leading to, and then also that's external, that's, that's with your customers. What kind of communications do you need internally with, you know, maybe it's credit and finance. Is the customer on credit hold? Is, is it, are they supposed to be on credit hold? Maybe there's a payment out there that just needs to be applied and it just hasn't been applied correctly, but, you know, customer has submitted the payment, but the, you know, their credit looks like it's used up right now. Or it might be inventory. You know, hey, I see that this material is allocated for another customer. You know, can I get, you know, use a partial of that? Is there enough lead time to generate more of that material for that allocated customer um, instead of just saying, nope, I don't have it? So again, it's just that, again, removing those silos, having that um, communication open to everyone, and then actually being part of the audit trail. So again, it, kind of going back to that customer communication, if you need to substitute something or if you need to do a partial ship or if you're asking for, hey, you know, current pricing is this, do you accept that? Um, all those are can be part of the audit trail. So again, may not need to generate a new purchase order and slow things down. Yeah, and as we talk about, you know, talking about communication, I mean, I, obviously I think, you know, just as a, from a customer service perspective, that's that's just key. Um, for an external and an internal basis to provide that visibility and to have constant, sometimes constant, if possible, communication with customers with these ever-changing um, 
situations that may arise. And this all kind of funnels into scalability. You know, how can companies continue to scale? So, you know, global expansions, mergers and acquisitions, and they speak those, uh, support those peaks and valleys. You know, I think we need all these things in terms of automation technology to account for that. And, you know, with an undetermined how, you know, supply chain and everything will continue to go in this world, or just even if it stays steady, I mean, in order to be able to accomplish some of these global expansions and these kind of things for scalability purposes, you need that, you need that, you need the right process, you know, the right technology, and to be able the ability to communicate external and internally um, to be able to account for this and to really can grow a company to help a company grow. All right, um, we're down to about five minutes. I don't see any comments yet in the chat. So why don't we, at you know, as comments potentially come in, Nick, what are some some of best practices that you see customers do or things that Esker recommends um, when it comes to automating, you know, whether it be order management or any other process within uh, Invoice to Cash? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a lot of best practices that, you know, that I do suggest. And, you know, if we're talking, you know, with Esker just alone in general, I mean, uh, the external and internal conversation feature. I mean, when we have when we are talking about increasing the automation and being able to give that clear visibility to customers on delivery date, that is always a topic that, you know, I hear that customer is ordering it for this specific date, but it's not necessarily what can be met within terms of what is being ordered. Um, so a lot of time I have the discussion on let's open that. How can we open that communication channel with your customer uh, and just internal team on understanding what is actually possible to give that happy medium to satisfy their customer? You know, let's say you can. Yeah, we can maybe order five, send out five of the 10 and then in another month or so we can give out the remaining five. Um, so just being able to give that visibility to their customers to give them happy. I think at the end of the day, you know, giving that answer. So it's not just nope can't do it, you know, um, helps improve just the flow of those orders. They're not sitting and set aside, just sitting and waiting. Um, we can better, the CSR team can better process that order more quickly, turn it around faster without bouncing back and forth between ERP and an or, order rate, uh, the order management automation tool of Esker. Um, I mean, that is just one best practice. And one thing that I definitely um, have had conversations on with customers, um, we do have other conversations on terms of what's best practices on, you know, how do you send these orders? You know, how do you manage these, um, manage these inquiries that do come in? And, you know, with different tools out there, like customer inquiries management, where, you know, or different solutions similar to that is better automating where these emails should go. That's, that's half the battle alone is they receive hundreds and hundreds of emails. Let's just say we're focused on that's the reception method. That's how they receive their orders. It's email, you know, fax to email, whatever the case may be, is how do we manage that and decrease that time of sifting through all those um, and better, better automate the process of sending it to, you know, a technology tool like Esker to better automate and fully process those orders and then send those inquiries back to, you know, that aren't necessarily an order or an invoice or what it may be and send it back to, um, the appropriate inbox. So that way it improves that efficiency, it decreases the clutter on a CSR's inbox or email, 
and allows them to focus more time on just processing those orders or invoices and getting those SLAs uh, as best met as they can. Um, yep. Those so are two things, big yeah, things that so really that, stick out. Yeah, that CIM or what you know, some term as email triage, very yep. manual process. <clears throat> so for customer service, they kind of see be the you know the the funnel that everything runs into. Um, so again, orders pretty self-explanatory, but it might be I'm looking for an order status. I'm looking for a, a shipment status. I'm looking for um, to create a dispute or a deduction or it could be a request for documentation, whether that be an invoice, an ASN, um, an order confirmation. So lots of different things funnel in. Um, and again, having you know an AI or an artificial intelligence tool that can help distribute, number one, identify, and then distribute, or be the front end to one of those CRMs that we talked about, like a Salesforce. You know, If you create cases on that, we can be the front end and, and already have that case identified and categorized um, as that case is being created and then possibly distributed to the right individual or team as well. Yeah. So I think we are at the end of our time. So Matt? Yeah. Oh, great, great job. Thank you, Mark and Nick for speaking. Uh, we, we do have, we're coming to the end of the time, but we got a couple of minutes left. We could run through one or two questions here, uh, if you know, if if you if you so choose to. Uh, so here, let's go with this one. Uh, which challenge sees the quickest turnaround with automation? From a CX perspective, um, at least, and I'll talk on the end user CX perspective, um, and is just the visibility sake. Uh, you know, we heard a lot about us talking about visibility sake and being a hot topic, you know, of, you know, faster SLA turnarounds and things like that. But when we're talking about automation and implementing technology to help with that automation of your current processes and to help assist your teams um, better meet those SLAs and reduce their time, happy, better, happy, more, more happy CSRs, they're not doing those Monday tasks is just Visibility seems to be the quickest turnaround. Technology, you know, if you have a solution, you know, like let's say Esker, the clear dashboards, the reporting, the the um, everything is for the most part is there for your taking for that CSR to really be able to drive that automation of processing orders, invoices, getting things paid, or just getting orders placed. Um, I would say from that perspective, from my side of customer experience is the visibility sake. Um, I don't know yep. about you, Mark, on your side at the very beginning of the process. Yeah, I I would agree with visibility, but I'll I'll kind of expand on that a little bit. So you know whether it's um, having better visibility and an a, an easier to use interface. We all know that certain ERPs or most ERPs are not the most user friendly in the world. Um, but also, you know, if you already have like a BI tool in place where you can, you, you're looking for that data that Esker might have at this point or an automation tool might have, you know, we can export those reports that Nick was, was referring to into that BI tool or vice versa. If you don't have a BI tool, but you do have some data that you want better visibility of or consolidated, we can import some of that data into Esker to put into our reporting and our dashboards and things like that. So um, 100% agree, visibility is huge. Um, Cause again, a lot of times these manual processes are, are reuse the term are done in a silo. Um, 
and it's just not accessible to all the, the different parties that may benefit from having that info. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's sneak one more question in here before signing off. Uh, so you'd talked about change management kind of towards the end of the discussion. So I think this is related to that. How do most companies handle a change like using automation? Was it or is it an easy change, would you say? I would say in some cases, it's not always an easy change, especially when we're speaking on behalf of the customer service team. Um, some individuals have been around for a long time with their companies, have set upset process. They're used to their process. They like their process and to bring in a new tool an automate, automation tool can sometimes be hard. I mean, change can be hard. Um, but, you know, working with, you know, customers one-on-one, -on -one, you know, on a weekly, daily basis, just from a customer experience standpoint, to show all the things that can help improve the lives of the CSRs while they're processing these orders or invoices can be very eye-opening. Um, definitely have experienced that. Um, like at one point, some customers, they, it was a manual time entry of, they have, there were some customers that, that they get on a reoccurring basis would have 40, 50 lines every time. And they would be, you know, I hate to say it, but like painstakingly sometimes manually entering each one of those lines and then cross-checking, making sure the price is right, making sure that they have this product availability and right sold to, ship to. Whereas, you know, you get into a technology tool or an automation tool um, and it drives that all for you with that auto learning or artificial intelligence and just showing like, yeah, at one point you were doing six, seven, eight minutes, you know, trying to go through all these, these order lines or trying to reconcile an invoice. Now it's, it cuts it in half, if not more in some cases, depending on the situation and how you've taught the tool and how the, our auto learning is caught on or artificial intelligence is caught on. Um, that it's just like, it's wow. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really seeing, starting to see some of this benefit. I'm having more time to be more proactive with my, with my customers, you know, mm -hmm. trying to be more proactive in the sales side of things like, oh, we can maybe, I can now focus on selling them this other stuff, you know, to help increase our business. Um, speaking yeah. on like, I'm one of the CSRs working with. So. Yeah. yeah. It, and I, I think that's a great point. I mean, it, it's almost, First of all, as far as change, change is never easy. You know, I don't think anybody really, you know, unless if you're like a business analyst or you're a business process improvement person, you're not you're not advocating for change in your daily life. But I think when it's presented properly and it, it's involving, you know, the right players at the right time, you know, a lot of times, again, as a customer service rep, they think of automation as job job replacement. Where in reality, I think we see more and more today, it's more about job development. You know, how can we get, you know, these valuable assets from doing manual mundane work using next term to augment that daily, you know, process and those daily tasks to make their lives easier. Whether it's, you know, sometimes the, the, Sometimes the time it takes to enter many lines is the time-consuming part. Otherwise, I'll, I'll refer back to you know my example before. If you have to access six or seven different systems to enter that order, that's where the time is. That's where the painstaking tasks tasks are. So how can we bring that data? Those are there's a reason why you have those systems, you know, especially your CRMs and your ERPs and your um, your SharePoints of the world. Those are the systems of record, 
but how can we pull the logic that's already developed in those systems of record into a tool so you can easily process a sales order and you know again some of that return documentation as well mm -hmm. no, i think that's a great point that you both touched on i think uh it has a stigma of being kind of like a replacement for it like kind of what you guys touch on but i think most people find it's more of a a freeing of time to do more value add things so i yep. think that's a great point absolutely uh, all right no perfect so i just want to say thank you again to our speakers mark and nick uh and for those listening and joining in today and for those listening on in the future as well uh, if you enjoyed today's live stream keep an eye out for uh our next one we try to do a monthly uh so we will catch everyone later we'll see you next time mm -hmm.